What's going on, y'all? Monday Night Raw. It's last night. Highly entertaining show. Raw after Mania. Most raucous crowd of the year. Craziest things happen. People uh, chill who they normally boo. Boo who they normally chill. And all the rest of that good stuff that uh, we know comes with the, you know, event. Well, the first event after the show of shows. And we open up the show with Kofi. It was a shock to see Kofi on Raw. We didn't really open the show exactly with Kofi. We more so opened it with our new Universal Champion who's slotted to that brand, you know, of Raw being Seth Rollins, the Beast Slayer. And, uh, you know, he came out, cut the promo, thank you, we did it. You know, all of the, the regular stuff that one would expect from, you know, the new Universal Champion. Tells everybody he's going to fight, he's going to defend, you know, he's willing to put it on the line anytime, wherever they at, live events, shows, you know, flagships, A-shows, however it work, Seth Rollins is willing to put that Universal Championship up for grabs to any willing challenger that wants to step to him. I like that. I think that's cool. You know, we all know Seth has done it and he's proven to be uh, one that we can listen to and believe when he say some something's going to happen. So, that was what's up, and this brings out the new day. Big E and Xavier Woods with the new WWE champion, Kofi Kingston. So, Kofi come out, and he, in so many tenses, challenges the Universal Champion to a winner-take-all match. Outside of storyline, this is, you know, the men saying, no, no, you girls always end up trying to do something that we do now. We're going to take what y'all do or you know or what y'all have done because it was awesome very cool but now we want some of that so we're gonna have by the end of the night a main event matchup for the universal championship and the wwe championship potential unification on the line who knows what was gonna come out of that but everybody got their winner take all women got it at mania men got it at raw after mania i just like that you know just small pieces of continuity that you can see coming from uh, the creative team. I, I like that. I thought it was thought it was just a nice little touch. Gave everybody a reason to watch to the end of the show. You know, like it, it, it's something to look forward to. And everyone, you know, if we, I don't really want to talk about the racial idea behind it all, but you know, uh, Kofi got the championship. It's possible he could have lost it in 24 hours. Same thing uh, with Seth. Who knows what. What it took place, we were all uh, underneath a little bit of an assumption that Kofi was going to lose. But, you know, like, if we're going to unify the women's championships, then we would assume that they were going to unify uh, the men's championships also. But uh, we'll get to all of that later on down the line. Challenge was accepted by Seth. Tag team championships on the line. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins uh, in a rematch against the Revival. Well, in a WrestleMania rematch against the Revival, uh, you know, a good match, fair match. We all was going in thinking that uh, Zack Ryder and Carl Hawk, excuse me, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins were going to uh, lose. You know, like the one victory was a seeming fluke, and we all know about the Ryder WrestleMania curse. <laughs> and um, you know, it was 
it was one of those uh, foregone conclusions. That's how uh, I would say a majority of us in the WWE universe felt going into the match, and we got to, you know, see a fair, fair contest between all four gentlemen. You know, uh, Dash Wilder and uh, Dawson, Scott Dawson. You know, they like I told you guys, they're fundamentalists. I really enjoy uh, watching how they're able to show just their experience as a tag team in ring. I, I like it. And they had a good match. All in all, we all know at this point, tag team champions retained. So Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Off Kurt Hawkins playing possum and attacking at the most strategic time, I guess. The best possible moments he was able to, I believe, pick up a roll-up or something of the sort. But either way, we know these guys picked up the victory, which is really all that matters. So the streak continues, you know, like the reverse, or, or I wouldn't say the reverse streak because Kurt Hawkins' streak was him losing, so the reverse of that is winning or whatever. But uh, the... The winning streak continues, and the WrestleMania curse has been broken. Zack Ryder is still a champion on WWE TV. Uh, 48 hours removed from the granddaddy, you know, being WrestleMania. So, great match, great happenings, cool little story. I liked it. Baron Corbin is out to celebrate his victory uh, against Kurt Angle last night at WrestleMania, and it is... Uh, <laughs> it was it was funny because like I've been saying this entire time, Baron Corbin is totally the man with the heat. The people, the people love to boo him, and it's very clear. You know, it's uh, it it it's almost refreshing to see that there's such a healthy heel on uh wwe television something somebody that people can all really you know get behind and hate in so many senses like that's the feel that comes from him and he just you know he takes it all in and he sends it back out just continuing the heat and you know uh i think miz is one that was really really good at using this element of don't boo me or you know and this again they get the crowd to make noise so for Baron Corbin to be able to garner this much reaction out of the crowd, awesome. This brings out Kurt Angle. Is you wild? Is you? Alright, hold up. Pardon that. I apologize. Sometimes it gets a little crazy on the roadways, I realize. But anyway, um, Kurt Angle came out, you know, met, met Baron Corbin. And uh, told him they had a great match last night and appreciates, take, you know, the fight and such like that and extended his arm for a handshake. Now, I noticed this almost immediately, but Kurt Angle had his left arm extended and that is one of the hugest signs of disrespect to at least any gentleman that has the uh, frames for picking up on that sort of thing. So... Kurt Angle didn't, it was, I wouldn't call it a classless act, but he did lose fair and square in storyline. Either way, he wished Baron Corbin bad luck on the rest of his career, hilarious, and gave him the angle slam and the ankle lock. Very cool. I think, again, outside of storyline, Kurt Angle has put over Drew McIntyre. Kurt Angle has now put over Baron Corbin. You know, 
And whoa, hold on. Because out of freaking nowhere, for real, for real, and I was just asking about this, out comes Lars Sullivan, which we've all been waiting to see, waiting for his debut. This big behemoth of a man comes out and, oh man, I, I personally can't wait for his true entrance. Maybe they might do the NXT one with the bright white lights and then all of a sudden him and the Scylla, whatever. We'll see what happens. But Lars Sullivan came out. I'm, I'm ecstatic to see this talented, talented sports entertainer grace Raw or SmackDown with his presence in the coming weeks. He's He was awesome out there. Kurt Angle did a great, great service for him and, you know, letting him come out and beat him up, hit him with a little Laws slam and the, the giant Laws headbutt. LOL, everything is Laws, right? But it was very, very good. All in all, I had a great time watching that. It was sad to see Kurt Angle, you know, have to experience that. But at the same time, we all know that as a legend in this business, as a certified Hall of Famer, you know, he's doing what he can for the other talents that are going to be coming up and will be in his position one day. So, shouts to Lars Sullivan for that. Shouts to Kurt Angle and shouts to Baron Corbin. All in all, a good segment, in my opinion. Alexa Bliss was back. Handled biz, came out in ring competition, took on Bailey, challenged uh, either Bailey or Sasha to a match. Bailey accepted. Good, um, it was a good match. Alexa won off the DDT and was able to, uh, you know, pick up the victory over Bailey. I don't think Bailey looks any weaker right now. We just need to see uh, where the storyline's gonna go for her and Sasha. You know, whether it be singles or, you know, getting back into the women's tag team championship picture. Like, uh, we'll just see how it all plays out. But it was a good a good match to uh, fill in time. And, you know, it was great to see Alexa Bliss back on deck. You know, Bailey was looking very aggressive. And Alexa Bliss was out there looking like she and Mrs. Steps. So I enjoyed that match. Double champ, the man, Becky Lynch, uh, came out next and... Uh, you know, cut a promo. Now she's the winner. We'll see what else happens. Uh, talked about, uh, called her Ronnie and Charlotte. Well, called him Ronnie and Charlotte. I mean, not Charlotte's daughter. Ric Flair's daughter. Hilarious. You know, uh, no Ronda Rousey. Apparently she has a hand injury, broke a hand or something like that in the WrestleMania main event. So hope she feels better off that. And uh, we didn't see Charlotte. Potentially we'll see her tonight. Hope she's uh, feeling all right after picking up uh, that loss. Which, you know, it is what it is. But um, the main story of this uh, little segment was when Becky was leaving the ring and heading back up the ramp. Out comes Raw's residential lady, Lacey Evans. And she comes down the ramp and punches Becky square on the jaw. What? Shocking. We finally get to see some action out of Lacey Evans. Becky wasn't having it fight ensued both of them uh, were fairly even becky got to disarm her in real real quick uh lacy was able to jump off of the uh stage up top and not get uh caught with it too much refs broke it up and now seems like we're going to be going into a, a rivalry between lacy evans and becky lynch which is uh very exciting for me i'm I'm ecstatic personally. I'm I want to see that one like the elation and just being able to see like a strong character in Lacey Evans that I've watched enough NXT here and there to know that uh you know uh, that women's right is great and she's uh, also an 
you know, she's up and coming as far as in-ring competition and talent goes. So it, it, I think her going up against a seasoned veteran like Becky is going to uh, is going to be a treat for us out in the WWE universe. I can't wait to see next week how the rest of that plays out. Alice the Black and Ricochet back on tag teams. I'm all right with that. Still tagging. I don't I don't care. I'm not mad at it. I'm I'm fine. They could continue doing it. I mean, as as time progresses, we'll see how the storyline evolves between the two. Me personally, I don't know. Someone might might say I'm boring, but I'm just looking at uh like I'm alright with them just you know staying in each other's corners, even if they're in the singles competition, just for you know the sake of TV time or whatever. So have you? But that's just me. I don't know if they want to you know put make them singles competitors or whatever you know whatever floats the boat when it comes to that. It's what it is. And Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, I mean. We've been we've been watching these guys be a tag team. We've seen them be tag team champions. We've seen them continue to, you know, remain together and be a force, you know. And now it's very apparent that they're tired. I believe they might have had some microphone time, but I didn't get to see that. I got to see the match, though. But um, I think these guys are bad guys now. Apparently, they're tired of being good guys. It's run its course, being the you know, wholesome baby face and now they're going to try their hand on the main roster at being complete bad guys. I know that Bobby Roode, well, I've heard that Bobby Roode was quite the heel at this time. And Chad Gable, I mean, this, it makes things that much more interesting in my opinion. I know that Chad Gable is one that is over, like if AJ Styles is the pit bull, then, uh, then Chad Gable's a bulldog. And that's respect to both, you know, both breeds. So, I'm um I'm excited to see how how this all plays out between uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode as heels. We all thought there was going to be a heel turn, and that was that from uh, Bobby Roode on Chad Gable. But now we get to see both of them be like that. I'm I'm excited. All right, man. You know Dean Ambrose has been doing this. I, I even dedicated a, a podcast to uh, Dean Ambrose. And his chronicle, because I really respect what he's been able to give to us, you know, throughout his years and my small years in watching him, you know. But uh, he had his final match on Monday Night Raw, final match in WWE. You know, it was sad that he couldn't get booked for Mania, but it was so much going on. But to have him booked for Raw after Mania is almost just as good. So I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm all right with that came out he's fighting Bobby Lashley it was going to be at least what I thought was going to be a good match turns out that uh Bobby Lashley uh attacked Dean Ambrose the match didn't even really get started it was just an all-out bro Leo Rush tried to get involved you know Dean was uh looking strong for the most part they got up to the main part of the stage and I think Lashley was able to get the upper hand because uh Leo Rush you know tried to distract Dean and yeah Bobby Lashley was able to pick up that awesome rolling spear right at the top of the stage awesome then put him through the announce table which brought up uh dean ambrose's real life wife renee young shouts the commentary uh you know brought her up and she was uh tending to him and trying to call out some uh medical officials and such like that wwe medical staff or whatever so i have you so you know that was awesome outside of storyline i think it was just a real nice way to uh you know have a character look strong which is, you know, all goes back to what I was hearkening about. Well, harkens back to what I was talking about with uh, Kurt Angle putting certain characters over. Like Bobby Lashley, in so many senses, got put over by Dean Ambrose. It was a very good look, you know. Like, uh, 
I, I respect Dean a great deal for, you know, being all right with that and going through with it like that. And, you know, we're all going to miss him. You know, it was awesome. So thank you, Dean Ambrose. All right. Intercontinental Championship was on the line next. Surprisingly, Finn Balor uh, was taking on us. Returning Sami Zayn got a hero's welcome back. We all wanted to see him. We all missed him. Uh, we know KO is back. These guys are not the same. They're their own human beings. Um, I like uh, I like how KO was uh, doing the KO show thing. And I like how Sammy's element has, well, at the start of it, it was real uh, who knows. And then, uh, you know, like I said, Finn came out, fight started, had a cool match. And um, I believe, uh, yeah, Finn picked up the victory. Sami Zayn. Uh, had the, the main part of it was him on a microphone just uh, speaking on everybody that has something negative to say about the WWE product. Now, hold on, let's go back to the tag team match with uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. Man, they attacked Bobby Roode, attacked uh, his competitors from behind, which was a shock. And that's where it's like, oh, man, they're really a heel team now. But I apologize for forgetting about that part. But whatever. Um, Sami Zayn literally had something to say about a lot of uh, the WWE fans in the universe. All they want to do is be critics. They, uh, they feel some form of, or the only form of self-importance they'll ever feel because they're critiquing something and trying to talk down on something else. This is actually a part of the reason why I started uh, doing the podcast because I, I advocate for WWE. I know that, well, I know that I'm watching a wholesome product that, again, teaches valuable life lessons. And you could see, you could hear it in the way that Sami Zayn was, excuse me, Sami Zayn was saying this. And honestly, if you're looking at some of the things that he was saying about the WWE universe with uh, the way they attempt to just critique everything and now they're the evil overlords and such like that, it's like, you know, that's, he's not inaccurate. You know, maybe he's going about it in a way that others wouldn't go about trying to explain it, but I think it's a it, it's a response to well, it's Raw's response to the new Daniel Bryan, and it's also a way for uh, I think it's also a a, a spin off of uh, Randy Orton and AJ Styles how the indie scene was taking on the sports entertainment scene, you know, like the mainstream. So this is nice. I think this is a nice little direction that WWE is going in. You know, it's the reality era. And now they're starting to talk back. So let's see what the fans have to say. The Undertaker confronts Elias. Elias comes out, speaks on uh, how John Cena was selfish and insecure, fake, humble, all of these things. Me personally, I don't think that uh, John Cena is any of those things. I think he's who he is everywhere he goes. I think uh, John Cena is fairly selfless, being, you know, this awesome guy that has, like, the most wishes with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and his accolades, you know, they don't stop. I think it was a nice uh, eye-opener for anyone that might come across selfish, you know, just with WWE trying to, you know, speak to, uh, like, not just, you know, you know, the superstars in the ring, like, their lessons that one can take these are teachable moments and it's funny when mr mcmahon spoke on things being teachable moments and had everybody ready to listen to you know the dad dad you know 
the big God tell us all about, you know, his experience and what we might be able to take from it. He was cut off. This was weeks ago, but these are just small things. But either way, and, uh, you know, Elias, it was it was nice. They always have some sort of, uh, I think it's two years in a row now they have, they've had some sort of a uh, little thing at WrestleMania. So this could be a potential WrestleMania matchup down the line between Elias and John Cena. Who knows? Like they got for the video package. They've got, they got some good stuff so far, I think. And, uh, whatever. But Elias mad about being interrupted. Said next person interrupts him is going to be a dead man. And this hits the gong brings out Undertaker. The internet was so mad and crying. Oh, Undertaker hasn't been in mania for the first time in almost 20 years. And I mean, I don't think that Undertaker wants to take away from anyone else's TV time on the biggest stage of them all, you know? I, I think as somebody that has paid his dues and is clearly, like, uh, I wouldn't say eclipsed sports entertainment, I would say somebody that has, uh, somebody that's just respected on the level that Undertaker is respected on because of his tenure. He, uh, I, I respect the fact that he didn't do Mania. You know, I love the fact that he came through for Raw after Mania, and I love the fact that he came through and, you know, took on Elias, and this makes Elias look awesome. Like, do you know how much cool shit happens to Elias? <laughs> like, just looking at, you know, the type of characters he runs into and some people he gets to end up fighting or, like, he's around, like, all of the hottest WWE super, or the women superstars and, you know, just you know, John Cena, Undertaker. These are great things. So... Shouts to Elias. I think he's doing great in the role he's in right now. And uh, it was a nice segment. It was great to see Undertaker. I'm not going to talk about his hair or his forehead or anything like that. I think he was in there and he looked, He it felt like he was happy to, you know, be doing that again. He looked strong. It's like, you know, years of watching this now and knowing him. Well, not knowing him, knowing him, but just knowing this character from when I was a kid and watching him, you know, grow and still do this. Like, man, like, is he going to be 90 years old doing this? I wouldn't even be mad. I just hope he stays in shape enough to do it. But, yeah, Undertaker, man, it was great. It was great to see him. It was great to see him in action in that uh, capacity. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't know when we're going to see him again. But, uh, hey, you know, it, it's always a pleasure for us in the WWE Universe to be graced with Taker's presence. So, that was a nice segment. All right, now into this main event. Kofi Kingston, WWE Champion, taking on Universal Champion Seth Rollins. And a win-and-take-all match, both titles on the line. They took, they went at it, they... they uh, I've heard they didn't really get out of second gear. There was enough time left in the match for them to begin really, well, begin to really start telling uh, the more compelling parts of the story. I was excited to, uh, you know, to see how it was all going to play out. I would have been okay if Kofi lost. That's just me. I would have went crazy if Kofi would have won. But I'll say this. I'm glad that that match went the way it went. Mm. Call it crazy, or call me crazy. You know, the bar uh, jumped in, interfered, turned this into a tag team match. And if anything, the WWE Universe was screwed out of uh, a giant title competition. But 
well, championship competition. But ultimately, uh, Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins were able to pick up the victory against the bar. And now we uh, now things remain the same. You know, we get to see Kofi with the championship for another day. And uh, we we know Seth is strong. So it's a uh, it's a good look all around. We know uh, Dean Ambrose came out afterward and, um, you know, he uh, said goodbye to the crowd. And uh, that was that was Monday Night Raw. So it was very cool, very fun show. And I got to get ready to get up out of here because, I, you know, I got to go try to be a good dad now. So with that, I will catch you guys, uh, well, tomorrow night for SmackDown Live. I'm excited to watch SmackDown tonight, the WWE uh, World, well, World Championship Celebration. Or however it works, we're going to see how New Dan Kofi do it. So, I'll catch you guys then. Shout out to everybody bringing the podcast, like I said, each week. And um, peace.